I'm continuing with how to work in 2023 in order to be successful. We studied the life of Joshua. We studied the life of Joshua and we went from the change of the name of Joshua uh, to the humility that was in Joshua because he had the heart of his servant. Today we're going to talk about his hunger for the glory. His hunger for the glory. I want you to uh, turn into the book. Let me uh, see. To the book of Exodus chapter number 33, verse 9 to 11. Exodus 33, verse 9 to 11. Quickly, let's go there. Exodus 33, verse 9 to 11. And, and, and get ready. As I'm speaking, the hunger for his presence will come upon you this morning. Uh, you need to be open. Because there will be an impartation of a hunger for his presence upon your life. By the sound of my voice you hear. He said, and it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. Let's go on. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped. Let's go on. Each man in his tent door. Let's continue. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he returned to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. <laughs> God spoke to Moses as a man speaks to his friend. But we say face to face. There was no confusion in what God was saying because God was standing in front of Moses. He spoke to him face to face. But we say the cloud of Peter will come on the tabernacle and the people will see it and what will they do? They worship. You see, you will never worship until you see the glory. To worship is not just singing. To worship is an expression of the fullness of a heart that has had an encounter with the glory of God. And when that happens, you don't question anymore. Because you enter the realm of glory. Bible says the people will fall on their knees and worship. They will be drawn into that grace. No one told them to worship. No one, there was no worship team. There was no singers. But the glory pulled them on their knees and they worship. Some people say, if I don't put a CD, I can't worship. You are entertaining yourself. No, it's not worship. Yes, God used it in the worship. But just, 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 just a, 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 a setup to bring you into contact with a living God. True worship proceeds from the fullness of a heart. Somebody that had an encounter with the glory. Somebody that have met the glory face to face. He will fall on his knees and worship without 
any form of, 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 of dignifying himself, he will, he, will, he will despise the glory of a human body and give it to the Lord and worship in that. That's what we call true worship. If you are still worried about your dress, you are not worshiping. If you are still worried about your pants, you are still more worshiping. When you come to a place of worship, you forget yourself because you are looking at the glory that stands in front. That true worship. Worshipping. They didn't didn't worship for God to move. They worship because God has moved. They they, they were not worshipping to bring the glory. They worship because the glory was there. The mistake of our church is we are worshipping to attract the glory. But we should worship because the glory is already there. That's why I told you, you say Jesus has risen, but you don't mean it. Because I would say Jesus is a manifestation of God's glory. And if he has risen, then he's in our midst. It means the glory is here. We don't need to feel an atmosphere. Oh, yes, Lord. We don't need to wake up our emotion. We need to understand that by the moment we are here, the glory is already here. So I'm mindful of a presence. I move away from the emotionalism uh, to the place of true encounter with God. The problem with church is that we have become emotional and we have lost the true essence of the things of God. God is not calling us into emotion, although emotions are important, but God is calling us into encounter. The moment you, you have an encounter with God, no one tells you don't sin. No one tells you walk in righteousness because it's encoded in your spirit because you had an encounter with a living God. Listen, when you have an encounter with God, doubt goes away. You know people that never had an encounter, they doubt. They doubt. It means when somebody falls like, oh, what is this? You never had an encounter. You never had an encounter. When you have that encounter, you don't question it because you know what it is. You know that God is able to put somebody down and lift him up. The church, we need to move to a place of encounters. They were not in the tabernacle. They were in their tent, but they could feel what was happening in the tabernacle. Listen, listen, listen. They were not with Moses. They didn't hear what God was saying, but they worshipped him. It means you can worship him without hearing him. They did not worship because they heard him. They worshiped because they saw him. Let me tell you something. I I taught a group here Monday, and I told them there is a realm in the kingdom where it's more greater than hearing. Yes. Yes. There is a greater realm than just hearing. Amen. I told them about the story of Simeon and Anna. Hallelujah. You see, when they were bringing Jesus to the temple, they brought Jesus to the temple. The Bible says that the Spirit moved Simeon. So the Spirit spoke to Simeon, and he went to the temple, and he saw the baby, and he started to proclaim the grace. Anna was not moved. Anna was already in the temple. She didn't need to hear the baby is coming. She was already in the reality of what God was doing. Therefore, she didn't need to hear because she was exposed to. When you are not exposed to, you need to hear. When you are exposed to, you don't need to hear, you see. 
But what kept Anna into that realm? It's because they say she was in the temple and she was seeking God. She was praying and she was on her knees. So she didn't need to hear a voice because she was already in the reality of what God was doing. You can come to a place of your life where you don't even need to hear because you are exposed to it. Come on. Come on. That, 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 is, that is a place that God wants us. In heaven, you will not say, I hear the voice. No, you see him. Let your will be done on earth as it is in The hunger that you have will catapult you to that realm of seeing because you are exposed to the reality of the things of the spirit. You, you, we hear because we don't see. Jesus said, I do nothing unless I see. Oh no, you don't hear what I'm saying. Jesus never said, I do nothing until I hear. He said, until I see. Why? Because he's exposed to the presence. So he's in a seeing reality, not a hearing anymore. Because when I see, I'm able to appreciate the form of what I'm seeing. But when I, I can hear and I can be deceived, but I can't see and be deceived. There was a lady that I called an office one time and she answered. And, and the voice, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The voice sounded like, wow, what a beauty. But when I saw her, the voice was not matching with what I saw. It means I was deceived. <laughs> somebody, somebody hear what I'm saying. So, so, so God is calling you into seeing. Say, God is calling me into seeing. And you cannot see by wishing. You can see by being in the presence. No, I want to hear what God is saying. I, I, I've moved. Although I want to hear, I've come to the place where I want to see. Yes. 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 Yes, because when you see, it's finished. Hallelujah. You don't marry a woman upon the voice. <laughs> you marry a woman because you sow. Hallelujah. If you marry a voice, the day the body comes, you might be deceived. <laughs> Satan can copy the voice, but he cannot copy the presence. He can deceive you by speaking something else to you, but he can't deceive you when you are in the presence. The Bible says we will see him face to face. For as he is, so are we in this world. I'm calling you into a place of seeing this morning. You see, by your consistency in pursuing him. Your book of Hebrews tells you, Hebrews chapter number 11, it tells you, verse 6 says, that, that, that those who draw near him might believe that he is, for he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not because he's lost, 
We don't seek him because he's locks. We seek him because we want to know him. Because you can be with somebody without knowing the person and let the person reveal himself to you. I'm telling you that what we're seeking now is not to find God. We are seeking him to know him. Yes. Yes. Joshua understood. When Moses was departing, he stayed. <laughs> Moses was busy with a ministry. Joshua was busy with the altar. Joshua has to, Moses has to go out to give direction to the people. Joshua didn't need to. <laughs> he didn't need to. He was sitting at the altar of the glory and he kept on drinking and kept on being soaked with the glory. At the time God, Moses died, he was fully equipped. And God looked, he said, there's no one that is filled with glory like Joshua. And he said, listen, wow. He said to Joshua, I told Moses, he's going to lead the people, but you're going to divide the land. Ah. He never told Moses, you're going to divide the land. He said, you're going to lead them. Now, between the one that leads and the one that divides portions, but you cannot divide the portions if you don't have a mind of God. Because you, you, will, be, you will be giving to your relatives, uh, to your friends. You, you will be doing in a friendship level. But when you have a mind of God, you do it according to destiny. That's why when Caleb came to Joshua, he said, Caleb, Joshua, remember, remember, remember that we fought the war together. So when you are giving, remember the destiny of God upon my life. And give me this mountain because that my portion, my inheritance. I'm praying this morning that somebody may hear my voice and know that God is not moving because you are the cute face. God moves because you sit in his presence. And, and I tell you, don't misunderstand me. The presence of God is everywhere. Yes. Yes. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. But it does not move the same way everywhere. God is bringing us to a place of hunger. He's bringing us to a place where we are hungry for something else. We are tired of a level in which we are. We want to go from glory to glory and from strength to strength. We want to come to a place in our lives where we don't need to defend ourselves because our, our presence, our presence is enough to justify the anointing of God upon our lives. That when we, oh my God, when we appear in the place, the atmosphere changes. Why? Because you have come. Because you and Christ have truly become one. God is taking you to that place. The hunger. A church that is on his face. And that sits in the presence. A church that is not too much entangled in the internal fights of who shall be the greats. But a church that understands that greatness is not what men say. But greatness is what God says. So if I want to be great, I need to be at the feet of the one that lifts up the needy and sit him at the table with kings. I need to spend my time in his presence. And when you come to that place, my God, my God, you see. You see. 
you see. You see. There are many things I don't hear. There are things I see. Let me give you an example. Many years ago, I'm giving you because it's not now. Many years ago, I was sitting in my dining room and I said to my wife, let's go to the mall. It was about four, four past four. We went to that other mall, uh, Waterfront, and we were walking, walking, and then uh, I said, okay, let's go home. So she said, what did we come to do again? I said, no, let's go home. When we turned at the parking lot, I saw two people of this congregation hand in hand. They are not married. I saw them. I didn't hear. I saw them. But for me to see, I needed to be at the place where they were. And then they greet me. No, we want to come and see you. I say, I have, I have already seen you. I don't need to hear a voice. I have seen you. Sometimes God leads me to places because I need to meet somebody. And I'm not saying they were in sin. No, they were not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they were in sin. But they were doing the relationship on their own. And they didn't want us to know. So they want to come and say, we are marrying. They don't know there is a process. Yeah. And God said, I want to show you some people. So I went to the mall. <laughs> After hours. When the shop were closed. The Lord said, go to the mall. I didn't know two of mine. <laughs> Somebody say, glory. glory. If you walk into that dimension... You will not worry about your children. I want to hear what they are doing. You will be exposed to. God will move your legs and you will see them. Ah. I'm praying that you may understand what I'm talking about today. That the glory of God may invade your house. Joshua sat. Joshua sat there. But you know what puzzle or what blows my mind? is that by the time Moses left, the pillar has gone. But Joshua stayed. It means he didn't stay for the entertainment. He stayed because of his heart. I will never let you go until you bless me. So even when God is not moving, I'm still with him. Even when God is doing nothing and it's quiet and it feels like my life is not moving, I'm still at the place of encounter. Even when I don't see the breakthrough, I'm still at the place of encounter. Even when he's not talking to me, I'm still at the place of encounter. Even when things that I'm doing are collapsing, I'm still under the tents. Because I know if he has departed, he will come back. People move because they say, I don't know anymore. You need to stay. Say to your neighbor, stay. You guys call this guy, stay. Stay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stay. Jesus. Jesus. Last thing and I'm finished. When Jesus died, huh? come today I will use, not your husband. Okay, <laughs> When Jesus died, woman, come. 
Africa. God help me, yeah. Women, we're together. While, okay, come, I don't jump to the rest. While the men were carrying the bodies to go and bury him, just go put it there. These women were following. Although Jesus was dead, they were following. By the time they followed, Jesus couldn't talk. By the time they followed, Jesus couldn't do miracles. By the time they followed, Jesus was dead, dead, dead. The women followed. And, and they followed and they said, because they want to see where. Lord, Lord, Lord. They want to see where they bury him. But listen, listen, the catch is here. They didn't want to see because they thought he's going to resurrect. They want to see because they want to minister to him in death. That even if he can do nothing anymore, we will still minister to him. Even if he can't do anything, we will still worship him. Even if we don't see my way, I will still worship him. This woman went to the grave and saw where they buried him. And the men left. And the Bible never talked to them about them again. And the woman left. Come. And instead of wasting their time, they sat together and prepared spices. While he was dead, they were preparing spices. Because they said, we want to, we want to put it on the body of a dead man. They were preparing spices. And, and then on the Sunday morning, they woke up again early before all the men stand up again. And they came. And they came with a spice in their hands. They were not coming to raise him up. They were coming to minister to him. And when they got at the door, the tomb was already open. And what shows you that these people, these women were hungering for God without any expectation is that they were blown away. They were going and they say, who will move a stone? Who will move that stone? They didn't know that heaven has already moved. And they were discussing, who will take away my pain? Heaven has already taken it away. And then on that faithful Sunday morning, the graves could not hold him because there was nothing in him that would cause a grave to hold him. Nothing could hold him. The Bible said the grave shook and Jesus came out. And when he came out, the woman came and Jesus didn't meet them. An angel met them. And the angel said, why? Ladies, why are you looking for the living? He's not here anymore. He's gone. They came running, announcing that good news to the disciples, and they didn't believe them. And Peter said, I want to see it myself. He went, he saw, but he was puzzled. And the day Jesus came, the room was securely locked. They were not seeking him, they were afraid. And he said, that's a consolation for somebody. Sometimes you don't even seek him, but he will reveal himself to you still. The grave was open. And he entered, and he says, it is I. This is not a spirit, because the spirit cannot eat. Do you have anything to eat? You are telling them, I've moved in two realms now, in the realm of the glory and in the realm of the natural. If you need me in the glory, I'm there. If you need me in the natural, I'm there. If you have a problem in the spirit, I'm there. But if you have need in the natural, I'm still there. I'm not just a spirit. I minister to the body and to the soul. 
Let me pray for you. You help me preach. Holy Spirit, quickly come. Touch this woman. By the power of your name, I pray that something may break through today so that they may seek you with all their hearts, all their understanding. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you. There is a miracle that is taking place. When you go from here, you must know God wants you to seek him in good and bad times. Stop questioning him. Father, I thank you for this morning. Oh, I give you glory. I adore your Holy Spirit. I want to thank you for who you are. May your spirit lead us by your grace this morning in this day and that people may go home filled with the glory of God in their spirit. That like Joshua, they will stay at your presence. Lord, I want to give you praise for who you are and adoration in Jesus' name. Amen.